Good morning. This is Michael. And welcome to the Blood Walk. And today, what I'd like to share with you is, um, oh my gosh, you know the phrase that comes to mind is experiences with the evil twin. And uh, let me explain to you what that, what that is. It's kind of like, you know how you used to see in the old cartoons, you'd have the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder. Well, folks, that is actually extremely accurate. Um, built within us is the manifestation and the function of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the Adamic soul is regulated by two things, good and evil. But it has a little governor in there, and that's called your conscience. And your conscience chooses what it believes is good or what it believes is evil. But the conscience is subjective. And all you have to do is take a look at the liberal Democratic Party. And you can see that some of these folks, man, they're very sincere in their lunacy. They're very sincere in it. But it's evil. But they think it's good. They think it's a good thing to try to destroy this nation. and Their conscience doesn't convict them on that. All right? It's evil, but they think it's good. So that's just a little example there to where you can see to where the conscience really is subjective. It's not, the conscience is not governed by the word of God. The conscience is governed by what you perceive in the physical realm. Okay? And really, in a, in a, in an indescribably real way. This is what Adam and Eve received in their soul in lieu of the tree of life. All right, when they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they lost the milthaw, which I explained to you in the last podcast what the milthaw is. All right, and briefly, let's put it this way the milthaw is the word and the spirit, the spirit and the word. It's fire and oxygen. All right, very explosive very powerful. And this is what Adam and Eve lost in the garden. They lost their unbroken mega union with the Creator. You know the rest of the story. All you got to do is open the first couple pages of the book and read it. All right, so I was talking about the evil twin. So what I want to do is I want to I share with you something. It has to do with Ezekiel 28. And in the very first part of the chapter, um, it's about the Prince of Tyre. There was a woman in a church that I went to, and she was the mother of intercessors. She really was. She was, oh man, this lady was something. And she was a pastor's wife. And when this woman would get up in front of the church because she had a word, it was kind of like, I don't know if you remember the old E.F. Hutton commercials, you know, but I'll tell you what, you know, it, you just dropped everything and you focused on, on Barbara. You focused on what she had to say because it's like when the spirit of prophecy came on this gal, oh my gosh, it's almost as though you could just almost literally see the angel that was right on top of her. But Barbara got up this one morning, it was one morning in church, and she began to prophesy about this critter called self-God and how self-God was pretty much mm, the way she was seeing it. She was calling it the spirit of Antichrist. Now, quite frankly, this is, like, this is back in the day, and to this day, 
I don't know that most Christians even know what Antichrist really is, but that's for another um, that's for another podcast. So she began to prophesy about this critter called self God. Now at the time, and again, this was back in the day. This was this was thirty some odd years ago. All right. Well, I was an absolute mess. I was just I, I I was a mess. I was an intercessor, but I tell you what, man, the battles were hot and furious. And to me, it seemed like I was getting my tail end kicked most of the time. Anyway, so she brings up this, and it was to me it was a revelation because as soon as she spoke these words, self God, boom, the Holy Spirit placed in my mind Ezekiel twenty eight. You know, kind of like 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 flashing like a like 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 a sign, like a neon sign. You know, Ezekiel twenty eight. You know, and so, man, here I am. I'm like in church. She's talking, you know, self-God. I'm seeing Ezekiel 28, and I'm like a deer caught in the headlights. I'm just kind of, whoa, man, I got to get back and, 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 and study this thing. Yeah, meditate upon this thing for a while. So I did. And what came, I just, you know, just opened the book and began reading it after church that day. And so what came of this is like an intercession began to form in my spirit. And so I got together with my friends and I began to pray. And it's like I had my hands on my head and it's like I was trying to trying to tear this 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 thing off of my head, but this was a self-God critter I was going after. This was the Prince of Tyre. All right. Now this is this is interesting here. I'm gonna gonna stop right here and say, okay, this is the guy I was going up against in my own heart and in my own mind, right? But in reality it really, really was. What the Prince of Tyre is he is like a very good picture of your evil twin, okay? Um, But he's also, even more so than your evil twin, he's a false revelation. Tyre means the rock, all right? So this guy is prince over the rock. He is a demonic figure. He calls himself a god. And he's the prince of the rock. Now, if you understand what the rock is, the rock is the revelation of of the creator, of the living God. This is the rock. And this critter sits right on top of it, right? He's called the prince. He's a principality. He is a principality. So I want to share with you something else about this, is that early on, and this had to do with the fact, and and I don't want to say that I had that I was given any special advantages from God when I started my walk. That that's not what I mean to imply, because what what I might call an advantage, you might call just lunacy. <laughs> but I've been an alcoholic, and I was in AA when I was 22 years old, and actually was in AA where I really became, <laughs> where I really became aware of the fact that yes, there is a God. <laughs> yes, there most certainly is, but. Let's get back to the Prince of Time. So the advantage that I was going to tell you about is the fact that I'd say most alcoholics out there who have who've had a conversion experience, or let's just put it that way, is that we know categorically, we know categorically the problem is not external. The problems are always within you. The battle is always within. I'm not fighting a physical bottle of alcohol I'm fighting something in my spirit that craves that booze, that turns me into a raving lunatic. This, okay, this is what it's all about. 
The battle is within you. It's always been. And this is the deal with intercessors. Oftentimes, intercessors will get caught up in, uh, and, and for great periods of time too, in what you might call the horizontal aspect of intercession. And that's when you're primarily uh, praying for situations, you're praying for other people, uh, you know, politics and so on and so forth or whatever. But unfortunately, that's the focus of an awful lot of intercession is, is, is the horizontal focus. But what happens when you really enter into the battle, when you are really going in to take the kingdom of God, you are going to find out that this battle is vertical. It's a vertical battle. It is a battle between anything that is separating you from the living God, anything that is separating you from this supernova mega connection that you want with your creator, anything that is separating and keeping you from, um, from fulfilling that first great commandment. You shall love Yahweh, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Those things which stand between you and accomplishing and fulfilling that commandment, okay? This is the battle. This is the battle. So what I want to tell you is how this battle with the Prince of Tyre finally all played out. All right, so I don't mean to discourage you, but from the time I got the deliverance, all right, from the time I started praying, which was probably back in 1987, man, to the time I finally got the full-blown deliverance from this guy, and that happened in 1991, all right? And in between that time, you know, in those four years, I was Oh, my gosh. It had to do with being caught up in, in, in the first two verses of Genesis, <laughs> way up there, um, all the way down to the, it seemed like the pit of death and hell. And it's, uh, you know, from the absolute height to the absolute depth, right? Well, here we are in 1991, man, and I'm in, I feel like I'm in the hit of, of death, hell, the grave, whatever you want to call it, but I was in a bad way. And um, anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk a great deal about this experience here, but this has to do with the fear of God. And here it is, 1991. I've been through some incredible things, but for three and a half years, I've been walking like a dead man. I fell after these, after these things that happened to me in 1988. And this was a, an extensive visitation that I had that lasted for, oh my gosh, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I'd, I'd have to say two months, two and a half months of being constantly caught up. All right. And then I took a fall, a hard fall. So here it is, 1991, and the Holy Spirit has been speaking into my heart for, gosh, I, this is kind of embarrassing, a couple of years. Michael, you need to cry out to me with all your heart, right? And this would this would come, you know, this, this would constantly come to me. You need to cry out with me with all your heart. But the more I resisted that, right, it's like those times that I heard that word got farther and farther and farther apart. That's what scared me. I knew I knew when the Holy Spirit was constantly telling me, you need to cry out with all your heart that, okay, all right. But when the time periods got longer and longer and longer, when I heard those words, that's when I got scared. I thought, oh, no. So this one day, all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes upon me. And the Holy Spirit says, Son, are you willing to go through this again? And this had to do with the things that had happened to me in 1988. Are you willing to go through this again? Well, I was in such a horrible situation, in such a horrible way, I went, Yes, I am. Then you need to get on your face and cry out to me with all your heart. I was scared. What started to happen when the Spirit of God came upon me is I saw. I saw there was a separation. There was a separation in me that took place. And it was like two parts of myself. One was white and one was black. And I saw this this black part of myself kind of sliding in and out of me. And all at once I I, I, I realized and I would it's it's a It scared the living hell out of me when I saw this, and I was on my face. And, uh, you know, and and it's like, what do I do? What do I do? Right? And he says, you repent. And and I'm going, I don't don't know how. I don't know how. And he says, you cry out with all your heart. I don't know how. Just do it. Just do it. Yahshua was standing right in front of me. And he was not putting up with my excuses. He wasn't putting up with with any of my trying to find a loophole to get out of this experience. He wasn't putting up with it. He was very firm, and he said, do it. So I did. And at that time, I was using the name of Jesus. And I, and I, and I, and I tried to cry out. I really did. And it's like, it's like the name got stuck in my, in my throat, you know, right in my Adam's apple. But I pushed, and boom, all of a sudden, I was screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming from the core, from the pit of my being. I was screaming his name. And I saw this thing. Again, I'm seeing this thing, this black evil twin sliding in and out of me. And it's like, you know, in a heartbeat, you realize and you know, oh, my God, you are the one that has been dragging me down to hell. And again, that scared me. And the Holy Spirit says, repent. I didn't even know what that meant, but I got up from there and I grabbed every little thing I'd been messing around with that I figured wasn't pleasing to my heavenly father. I grabbed everything I had in the house. I gathered it up, ran out to my trash can on the sidewalk, dumped it all in there, put the lid back on, ran back in, fell back on back on my face as fast as I could. And I shook and I trembled what I saw when this thing, when this evil twin, when it went Push, and it just went flying away. Is when I was screaming the name of Jesus with all my heart, and all of a sudden, it was the big, bright, absolute white, shining light of the heavenly Father. And at that point, people, at that point, you know it is all or nothing. It is all or nothing. So it didn't take long. It took about a heartbeat to I realized I have to go all or I'm a dead man. All, right? So it was all. Okay, right when that happened. And then all of a sudden, like I say, I am shaking, I am trembling, and I am crying like, like a newborn baby. I'm crying so hard. And the thing is about the fear of God is that When you hit absolute truth, and this is the thing about the words of Yahshua, they're absolute truth, absolute. There's no breaking, there's no bending, there's no shifting. It's absolute. It's absolute. 
And when you come into that revelation of absolute truth, absolute light, it'll scare the living hell out of you. It really will. Now, there was quite a bit more that happened on this particular day, which, believe it or not, just happened to be uh, in September 1991, you know, on the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, man, I got my supernova mega atonement. And this is why in the last podcast I was saying, let me share with you about the fear of God and the strong man. Because the strong man located within every man, woman, and child on planet Earth that has ever been born of a man and a woman, the strong man is the evil twin. He is the the sign of your personality that gravitates towards darkness and evil and lying, hypocrisy, you know, violence, uh, unmitigated anger, rage, all these things. This is the side of your personality that grabs a hold of that, okay? And this is the critter that has got to hit the road, Jack. He has got to hit the road. And this happens big time in the fear of God. When the fear of God comes upon you, man, it's like this is the guy that represents the snares of death. And he's the one, it's not, you're not just turning away from him, man. He is fleeing from you because guess what? Not only did you see, not only did you see, not only did it see, I mean, but it saw too. It saw the living light of the living God. And it scared the hell out of him too. And he fled. You stay, he flees. I, I know that might sound a little jumbled and a little mixed up, but this is what's happening in the midst of a twinkle in your eye. These things are happening so fast. Anyway, so this critter just, he, he, he flees from you. He has seen the living God and so have you. But like I say, you stay, he goes. Submit yourself to the living God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right, well, guess what? Sometimes submitting to the living God is crying out to him with all your heart. And briefly, let me just explain something about the cross. When you, oh boy, when you really set yourself to go there, and, and you really do, because everything within you is going to fight against you to keep you from the cross. But the cross, my friends, is all about the source. It's getting to the source. The cross is about, the cross is not about a band-aid for your sins, it's not really about for, for, forgiving you for your sins. And I know that's offensive when you hear that because you're going, what, what, what? The cross, people, is about decimating the power of sin that is within you. It's about getting to the very, very source of it and annihilating it so it has no more influence on you. You've got to get to the source to do that. It's not about plucking leaves off a tree. You know, it's not about, oh, gee, I, I, I repent for this little bad word here. Oh, gee, I, I repent for, for saying that thing to my neighbor. Oh, gee, that. Oh, gee. That ain't it, people. That is not it. It's about getting down to the very core of your being. The very core of your being where all things begin. You're getting down to the very root of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is what happens at the cross. That whole tree is destroyed at the cross. So, I'll tell you what, guys. 
<laughs> and, you know, um, I, I don't know how much all of you know or, or what you don't know, but this much I can tell you, if you're a warrior, if you are a warrior and you want to choose a good target, okay, A, first thing you need to do is to ask your Heavenly Father to choose the target for you, all right? Because everything that he's going to choose, everything he's going to point out is something within you. It's not something taking place in Washington, D.C. It's not something taking place in L.A. or Hollywood or San Francisco or Seattle or New York or Dallas. You get the picture. It's not happening outside. It's happening on the inside. And this is, uh, oh, my gosh. You think about this target called the Prince of Tyre. Now, look at this guy. Look at him for what he is. He is a principality. He's a prince, right? He's a prince over the rock. What is the rock? The rock is the milfaw. The rock is the light, the living light of, of, of the creator. The light is the brilliant, absolute white light of the truth. That's, that's the rock. That is the rock. And this guy, he sits on top of this thing, right? He's on top of it. He's what prevents every disciple of Yahshua from that powerhouse revelation. He's the one that stands in the way. So when you go after him, all right? And yeah, for me, sure, it, it took about four years. But you got to consider, man, that, that I took a hard fall for three and a half of those years. Probably won't take that long for you. Probably won't take that long at all. Because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because hopefully you won't make the same mistakes that I made. All right, so. So. In the fear of God, when this prince of Tyre, when this evil twin, when this strong man is driven out of you, it's because you have seen the light of the living God. All right. You've seen it. Guess what? Guess what? The false rock fled away, but the light of the living God is the true rock, and this is what you have come to in the fear of God. You are coming into direct contact with the rock. <laughs>